Hello, people, and welcome to another episode of The Rock Show. Episode, Jesus Christ, this is 58. 58, yeah. 58, and, and this is um, Kiss, the making of the Destroy album. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, most, most Kiss fans will agree it's probably... You know, one of their best albums, if not their best. It's my favorite. This personally. is my favorite album. I, yeah. I really like some of the other stuff later on. <laughs> but this album starts well, with. Well, this is the original band. You know, yeah. it was their uh, their fourth studio album. Uh, basically, uh, you know, the first three were Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, and Dressed to Kill. Yeah. But by the time 1975 came along, they came out with the Kiss Alive album. Yeah. Okay, and that just broke it open for them. Yeah. And it's uh, it's really one of the few times in history that like a live album really broke a band. Yeah. Okay, but they had to top that with yeah. with the next album. They had to keep it going, so they can't destroy it. They had a now they had a they, they, these guys had a lot of fucking. They had like 20 studio albums. Oh yeah. They had fucking eight live albums. And you know how many singles they took out, which I was like, Tons. sixty singles. That was like I never, yeah. I haven't seen a group that that's a lot of yeah. fucking singles. Yeah, man. I mean, remember in the first like two years of their existence, they had four albums. Yeah, right. that's like unheard of. Yeah, even would, even then, when people would put two albums out a year, even that was unheard of. You know what Dude, I mean? But then doing four albums like that, how the hell did they do it? They were just in the studio all the time, or were they constantly, just constantly. They got they got signed to Casablanca Records. Okay, yeah, it was early a big on. Day. It was a big thing. Well, the funny thing was, was, was it was a it was a it was a fucking disco label. Really, Donna Summer was on Casablanca. <laughs> okay, but but they you know they were like I don't know if they were the only rock band, but definitely at first they were probably the first rock band that label signed, and uh, they were in the studio a lot. They, they were the hardest working band, definitely in the early years. Imagine that for Christmas party, Diana Rose. Well, they, Gene Simmons used to go out with Diana Rose. <laughs> I still think that's yeah. a hell of a party. Yeah. Those, those people doing blow in the back, oh, talking I shit. Can't imagine. <laughs> Simmons was always sober though. Oh yeah? Uh-huh. I was, that that's what he said, but that guy looked like he was lumped up a bunch of times. He might be doing something. He might be Maybe. Doing. I don't know. But I don't but, think he drank, but I think he definitely took like a mushrooms or acid or something. Maybe maybe in the sixties. I don't know. I've read his books and he said he was never interested in that kind of stuff. He always wanted to make money. Yeah. Which he, we he which de- we know. Yeah. He which we know. Did, you know. He also married to that hot girl, um uh, Sharon Tweet. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. That's his wife. That was that show was great, uh Family Jewels. Yeah. I love the show. And there is an episode where he drinks for the first time. Oh yeah? And he gets like a little lumped up and he doesn't like it. It's <laughs> fucking great, man. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Well, when uh when Kiss Alive went gold, okay, uh they spent hundred and ten weeks on the charts in nineteen seventy five, between seventy five and seventy six, and it basically saved the Casablanca label. Yeah. Okay, that album. That album was struggling, that label was struggling a little bit uh, to get off the ground. Okay, and that album definitely, you know, broke it over for that label. Let me ask you, around this time, you think disco was trying to die out? That's what Casablanca no. was? Or was no, disco it was still going up. strong? It was, it was picking, picking up. up. You've got to remember, like, 75, 76, disco ruled the world. Yeah. Okay, you know, and I mean, there were rock bands that were established, but even rock bands were doing disco songs. Yeah. You know, Rod Stewart yeah. with disco yeah. and you know, things like that. And I mean, some of that stuff's okay. When you hear it now, you're like, yeah, it's good. You know, but back then, that was like a fucking, like, what? You know. Dude, you want to hear something crazy? Horn old. Yeah. Sold out Madison Square Garden. I believe it. When somebody told me that, I said, what the fuck? There is, there is such a, there is such a desire now for younger people and, and us guys our age 
to kind of like just look back at all this old shit. You know why? Because the music today sucks. Yeah, I there's, guess there's nothing. Is. There's nothing. I mean, and I try to. I'm, I mean, look, I'm 50. I don't look at every little thing, but I try to stay somewhat current. And I just can't find anything worthwhile. No, the music now you know? is pretty bad. It's like yeah. it's just synthesized. It's like it's like when you listen to it, and everybody sounds the same. Nobody yeah. like wants yeah. to separate. It's all just like auto-tune vocals. Okay, everybody has that auto-tune vocals. They use it in every genre of music, yeah. uh, whether it's pop, R&B, or rap. Everybody's talking through that fucking computer. Yeah, it's you know, it's almost like yeah. fucking with Kenny Osborne. Yeah, I mean, they, even even a even 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 a pre-lame band like Hall and Oates, at least like they played like broken yeah. instruments. Yeah, and people like want to see that. You know, it's a live thing. Okay, you know, and then there's the the, 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 the kitsch element to it. You know, people, yeah. you know, they think it's funny. You get the younger people laughing at it. But yeah, I can see them selling at Madison Square Garden with the old school uh, fucking uh, seventy four well, 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 John mustache. John, yeah, John, John Oates just came out. It was on. Uh, I, don't, I forget where I saw it online. I, I know I posted it on my Facebook. Dude, were they gay? No, not at all. Because he was talking about how many girls this other guy. No, John, John Oates. John Oates. This, 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 he was really like not the guy in the forefront. Daryl Hall was in yeah. the forefront. But Oates said he like had sex with like three thousand women. Yeah, I saw I, that. I mean, I don't know if I believe that. I was like, I'm sure he had quite a few. But I saw that. I said, really, that guy was a. Well, if that's true, then, then Daryl Hall had six thousand. All right. Yeah. You know, like, how, how can you even count that high? Like, wouldn't you just like stop counting? After a while, it's just yeah. the same shit. Yeah. In fact, Gene Simmons is probably one of the only guys that could have some count because he had a photo album with like Polaroids of everybody he ever slept with. Well, you remember the Will Chamberlain one? The he Will Chamberlain. Was, like over 20,000 women. Something like that's that. insane. Like he would like have like 20 some time to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a two and a half hour it's game. Not, it's a different twist on Will Distill. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so then, anyway, let's, right. let's talk about this great album, Destroy It, all right? Um... Now, after after it's uh, after Alive went went gold and yeah. spent a lot of time on the charts, the band signed. Uh, they they were up to a new a new deal out of the Toronto. So the band signed to only a two record deal with Casablanca, which you could look at that in, in some different ways. I think that the label, even though they 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 appreciated Kiss coming out with a live album and it doing well, I think they kind of were unsure where they were going to go from there. So they only gave them a two record deal. Now. And maybe it could have been Kiss that just won the two record label because they would think about the future. Maybe, maybe starting the maybe they, maybe maybe it was mutual else. where they probably figured let it let it let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, if we have to break break away, and eventually they would. Yeah. Okay. Think about it. If you let's say yeah. they did a six record label, like a six fucking deal, that's how you tied in. You tied in for how many years, you know? Yeah. But if you say two, you know, women they've been yes. taking out. They took out four you know. albums in no time. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they were putting two albums out of here, pretty much. So it could have just been a short time. But um, they did something different. They would bring in uh, producer Bob Ezrin. Now, Bob Ezrin was known for his work with uh, Alice Cooper, the original Alice Cooper band, and also Alice Cooper's first solo album called Welcome to My Nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, he was known as a uh, hardworking, you know, really good producer uh, that could change a band. Yeah. All right? He did it with Alice Cooper. I remember last year we talked about Cooper yeah. and, 
and how uh, bringing in Bob Ezrin got them away from that kind of like crazy Frank Zappa yeah. stuff. And even though that's okay, but you know, moved it over to like more of a straight ahead rock with like a twist on it. Yeah, but he was still fucking we had a scooter. Of course, yeah. You know, he had that kookiness yeah, about him. Yeah, 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 he still does. Um, now, Bob Ezrin was brought in, and the band was brought into uh, Electric Ladyland Studios in August of 75. Uh, between August and September of 75 they started working on that um, he basically was also brought in to discipline the band okay and maybe not maybe not at first but I think he realized coming into the studio uh, one these guys really were not the greatest musicians but I mean they, they, they didn't understand uh, a lot of things as studios work and mm-hmm. you know um, like Richie Wise produced like the first Kiss album and they were buddies so I'm sure like that was kind of like a, an easy recording yeah. session but they wanted to do something big something bold with this album and, and with Ezra and he wasn't going to take no shit everybody fucking up in the studio yeah okay so I mean you had you had Ace Freely who was pretty much under you know not very dependable at this point yeah okay Peter Chris had his problems but, yeah. but Gene and Paul were definitely down for putting something really classic and uh, what he would do is he, he would basically um, have them come into the studio and fucking yell at them and say, like, he had a whistle. Yeah. And he would blow the whistle and say, all right, campers, we're going to work. Get your shit together, yeah, get your shit together, you know. And, I mean, there was a time when uh, they were recording something and, and Gene Simmons kind of like it was an outro of the song where maybe you'd have a fade out or something and he just, like, stopped playing, right? And... Edwin said, don't you ever fucking do that again. Wow. Yeah, and they weren't used to really being talked to like that in yeah. the studio. But, they, you know, Paul Stanley's even on record saying we needed that. Yeah, they you know, did we need needed that. that you know. Yeah, he called it musical boot camp. But look look how good the album turned out. Because to me, I still think that song, the, with this first song, that song to me is oh, like the album. City. I mean, that's, to me, that's yeah. the album. Like, you right know, there, you right. love it with that. So right. then right. you easy right. in to the end, which is right. like, motherfucker, yeah. this now, is the album. One thing that they did uh, for the first time is they... They had welcomed in some outside writing yeah. okay, of these songs. Uh, there was a country writer uh, to a group named uh, Becky Hubbs and Lou Anderson, and they would write country songs. But there was a song that they wrote that Peter Chris was supposed to sing called Ain't None of Your Business. Uh, they would work on this, but then reject it after a while. I think it ended up on... Uh, uh, what's that guy named? Michael DeBar's album. Yeah. Okay, at one point uh, in his band that he had in the 70s. But Kim Fowley was brought in. Okay, now Kim Fowley's a, a, an interesting guy. We should do a show on him one day because he had a very long career. He only died a few years ago. Um, uh, he was like the the manager to the Runaways. Yep. Okay, now if you ever saw the movie, you know what yeah. psycho he was. Yeah. But he had a long career even before that. He's the guy who wrote the old, like, 59, 1960s song called Alley Oop. Eddie you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he wrote that. Okay. But he had a long career of like uh, in the 60s of like psychedelic kind of stuff and just weird bubblegum kind of stuff. And, and uh, he, was, he was involved with a band called the Hollywood, um, the Hollywood All-Stars, okay? Yeah. And uh, they, they would make an album, but the album would never be released. And they would use some tracks from that and some ideas from that unreleased album with this Kiss album. Yeah. Okay. For instance, like King of the Nighttime World. Yeah. Okay. That's actually a cover. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. All right. Now, if you look at the writing, you'll see it was written by you know Kim Fowley, uh, I believe Mark Anthony, who was who was the the singer of the Hollywood Stars. Yeah. Um, 
that was like I said, it was an unreleased album from '74, so no one knew this stuff, but they were just giving it to kids to use. Yeah, to use. Yeah. Shame. Now, now years right later, that album would be released. Yeah. So you could you could go on like YouTube or whatever and check out the original King in the Nighttime World with, then, with the other guy singing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, um, Bob Ezrin was familiar with Kim. Uh, because the the original version of Escape, which is a song on Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper, yeah. was done by the Hollywood Stars. Um, they also brought in guitarist Dick Wagner. Now, Dick Wagner was a, another guy that, that Ezra knew from Alice Cooper's band. Yeah. He also worked with Lou Reed on the Rock and Roll Animal live album. Yep. He's a fantastic guitarist. He started out in the 60s. He's from Detroit. Uh you know, and you bring a Detroit guy in, especially in those years, you know, yeah. it's just going to be hard-nosed rock and roll. Um, but he mostly goes uncredited on the album. Okay. okay? Uh, because but he played songs he, play, he plays guitar on Sweet Pain yep. on the album, and uh, he also does the acoustic guitar on Beth. Um, That's another Which is, song. we'll talk about that in a minute, but... but uh, what would happen is, and I know this firsthand because I was told by uh, my buddy Rick Rivets, who was friends with Ace Frehley, he said during the making of Destroyer, um, Ace and, and, and Rick and a bunch of guys were playing cards on, on the Upper West Side somewhere in the apartment, yeah. and Gene and, and Paul were calling every five minutes, like, get the fuck over here, it's time to do your part, <laughs> and he was like, fuck you, I'm playing cards. Oh you know, God. so I, I think there's even more tracks that probably Dick Wagner's on, and, and they, you know they just don't admit it or what. But Ace hardly plays on that album. Oh yeah. Now live, when they toured the album, he did it great. Yeah. Okay, there was no problem. It wasn't like he didn't play the parts <coughs> or anything. It's just when it came down to the studio <laughs> stuff, Ace was Ace was fucked. He wanted to get fucked up. Yeah, he just wanted to get party. Yeah, let somebody uh, I can play them on real fucking stage. Right, right. right. That's what Matt is to yeah. him. You know. Um, <laughs> Now, one thing to mention, too, is that this was going to be a much more produced album. They were going to be bringing in, like, strings, okay, and, and different techniques, um, choruses. There's, there's a couple of the, the Philharmonic was brought in, yeah. okay? So this album was probably, you know, right away they knew this was going to be the most expensive album that they ever did. And they were lucky because the, the Kiss Alive tour in Europe, okay, uh, well, the Kiss Alive tour that they did in Europe, they toured all over the place but specifically that was so well received and they made so much money yeah. that they had the money to do the album oh yeah they basically they went, had the went right to that you know that will be released March 15th 1976 uh, it would go to number one in the Billboard 200 top 200 but it dropped to 192 by August of that year yeah alright so it kind of like ascended quick and then dropped off real quick and it was really not well received okay a lot of Kiss fans felt it was too overproduced that you didn't need Bob Ezrin in there it wasn't raw enough uh, and they had like almost like power by the T well yeah I mean look at like uh, Beth okay, you know, Beth, Beth, is, Beth is a song yeah. that, that was originally on the the, uh, the single for Detroit Rock City yeah okay it was the, was the B-side yeah and what would happen is during that period of like March and, and, and August of 76 uh, they really weren't playing the singles. Yeah, the, 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 the radio wasn't playing. It was no. like it was like Detroit Rock City, Shout It Out Loud, Flaming Youth were the three singles yeah. off that album. Flaming Youth, it's and yeah, great it's a great, great fucking song. And but <clears throat> somehow, okay, uh, radio stations started to pick up the B side 
yeah. Detroit Rock City, which was Beth. Yeah. Which was and they started song. playing it. So they released that as a single, right? And, and it, it, that it, was it the blew- genre for years later on for rock music. You would take the hardcore vibe, like a Detroit rock city kind they, of thing. They changed that. And yeah. then you would take out like this power, like right. this like love prior, power. Prior to, prior to Beth, <laughs> if you were in a rock band, you really didn't do a ballad. You might, yeah. keep, you might, but it wouldn't be released as a single, okay? And it wasn't the kind of ballad with the strings and everything yeah. that, that you would, it was different. No, different, yeah. You know, it might be a slower song, a little yeah. lighter, but 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 definitely with an edge. But you could tell it was a, it was a ballad. It was a ballad. <laughs> you know, Peter Chris, Peter Chris wrote it. I mean, and it's, 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 it's a great fucking song. Uh, I mean, I remember it as a kid. Couldn't get away from it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember the, the, the KTEL records. Yeah. Remember KTEL used to come out with those compilations? Yeah. We're, we're, all right. With all different yeah. artists on it. You know, I remember buying the one with Beth, and I think it had the the Alice Cooper ballad, I Never Cry, on it. Never cry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like all soft songs or something. Like, um, that, that, now you got what, what we have now. Now that's, uh, now that's music. It's pretty much yeah. doing the, the one that makes all the yeah. songs together. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like I said, Peter Chris wrote that. He co-wrote it actually, and it got to number seven in the charts in the Hot 100. It was the first top ten single they ever had. Yep. And it basically not only did the single do well, it pushed the sales of the album. Yep. So that by November of 1976, where it was dropping, it was now rising it again. Rising, yeah. And it actually would go platinum. Yep. Okay, it's a million did go copies. Platinum, yeah. Okay, so right off the bat, it was it was huge. Um, now over the years, I think this album had been it took a while for I think people to admit that they liked it you know what you know, as hardcore a, Kiss fans you know, this is a yeah. very different Kiss album totally totally yeah. like this is more like you know it started really hardcore then it like mellow out to the song and to like the yeah. last song Rock and Roll Party mm-hmm. you could see like they were meddling it out like it started really hard and then it went to like kind of it and then it picked almost, up again it's, it's like I, very, I look at it, it was I, very up and down that's what I look at it, it as almost, a, almost almost like a light concept album in a way like they, they had kind of like maybe not a constant theme but there was something gelling these songs together that yeah. they kind of made sense um, in a way you know that the, when you go from Detroit Rock City into King of the Nighttime World that cut I mean it, it, it basically the song goes into the other yeah, song into the other you song. know and it just it's perfect yeah it's perfect you know, you know what I would have done I would have saved Detroit Rock City and King of the Nighttime for the final two songs and I would have started off with Beth hmm. I would have rearranged the whole album I would have started with Beth Sweet pain. You know, you know they it's, shout interesting, it out. it's interesting. It's interesting you say that. I would have rearranged it totally you, different. You, the you, album would have been to the point. If you started off with Beth, you were starting off with a song about guys in the studio that can't get out of the studio because yeah. they're trying to find the sound. Yeah. All right. And, and then, then, I get you. And then you go. And then you go with sweet pain. And then you go with shout it out. Oh, we finally found our edge. Now we sing with screaming. I'm telling you, I would have set the. Nah, you thought about that, huh? I did. Yeah, I was sick. I said, like "What the fuck were they doing?" No, that's, that's I not a bad idea. I would have changed. I would have changed the album a little different. But because yeah. you start with such a powerful song, 
And they say the first time, then the rest of the song kind of, oh, okay, they're good. Yeah. And I think that's what most people felt. I, I think so. Um, and then you listen to the album again, it's a fantastic album. Cri- but I just, critically, critically, yeah. it was, critically, it was like shot. Yeah, it was panned. I can see why. You know, I mean, uh, there was there was a couple people on record saying, like, listen, you know, Kiss is like over the top already. Why do we need to have an over the top production? Like, it's just too much. But there was a good over the top production. The problem is, it's a kind of album that you would like at the beginning. It's a kind of album that grows on you. That yeah. The more yeah. you listen now, to you more. I've always, as a, as a big Kiss fan, I've always been made fun of. For liking the song Great Expectations. Yeah. Okay. Because the lyrics are fucking hilarious yeah. of that song. All right. You know, he's like, you look at you, watch, you, you know, you watch me singing the words and you see what my mouth can do. Yeah. 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 Gee. Yeah. Right. That's all. Yeah. With the you tongue know? coming yeah, down. Yeah. To exactly. Tongue. With his tongue hanging out and, and, and you know, uh, then he says, you watch me playing guitar, you see what my fingers can do. Yeah. And it's like, oh man. It was it's like almost, a, it's like a call out to every chick. You know, it was almost like a version of my what, as my guitar gently weeps kind of style because the guitar yes. is, is, is screaming, is crying. Yeah. And this guy's talking about look what I can yeah. do. This is what I would do to you, honey. Yeah. I'm playing, and, I'm playing the guitar like I'm playing your body. That's really what they even say. Yeah, think exactly. about that. Exactly. It was like a sexual song. Yeah, done with done with yeah. like strings on it and everything. <laughs> you know, they brought the New York Philharmonic in with oh, that. Fantastic. You know. Um, now, the album's artwork has to be mentioned because I think it's their best album cover as well. Uh, they've had good album covers over yeah, the years, especially nice. early on. Uh, I also love the, the Kiss Alive. The live shot is classic. You know, I got kind of like based right here on my yeah. shirt. Um, uh, the, the, the artwork was done by a, um, a f- what used to be called like a fantasy artist yeah. named Ken Kelly. And one night, uh, they, I think Gene uh, and Paul knew about him because they were very interested in like comic books and stuff early yeah. on. And they knew Ken Kelly, and they and they gave him a backstage pass to the show. And from what I understand is, you know, he had never seen them before and was just fucking blown away by the wow. show, you know. And it, 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 it kind of like uh, inspired him, and, and he came up with this like apocalyptic kind of look. For the album cover, but it, actually the first one that he did, drawing like a, he did, was shot down. Yeah, it was almost like a heavy metal kind of cover. Remember the magazine Heavy Metal? Yes, it yes. was almost like a cover like that, like Similar. a little thing. Type yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. You know, with a band like, uh, but almost cartoonish. Yeah, cartoonish. Yeah, almost cartoonish. But they also you, you, you the one a uh, few weeks like um. I'm going to bring this up now. You actually saw Kiss like last year live. I did see Kiss last year. I've seen them a few times over the and, years. Um, um, you know. It's, it, they're still on their farewell talk, okay? They, yeah, they keep adding dates. <laughs> you know, I was disappointed when I saw kids because I saw them without the makeup. I saw them without the makeup, too. And that was like... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't quite the, the same. I think the makeup just added that dimension. Yeah, I mean, when they when they came back in 96 with the Psycho Circus album and threw the makeup back on, you know, that was, that was, that was classic. That I mean, was shit. Remember they did the, they did the concert under the Brooklyn Bridge? Oh, yeah. yeah that, I mean, was that was, that was yeah. great, you know? Uh, it's been a lot of years since you've seen them. Fifteen so years since you've seen them in makeup, basically at that point. But ever since then, they've they've kept the makeup on. So. Nah, that, they need to do that. They know that. They know that's what they got to do. Because you also had comic books. Last time you showed me, you yeah. had some Kiss comic books. Yep. Had yep. Yep. Had comic yep. book. I mean, they Kiss Kiss franchise themselves. Yeah, movies also like the there was movie. Kiss, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, yeah. which is horrible. <laughs> 
horrible fucking. No, it's not. Even, it's even, fantastic. No, it's so bad. It's good. No, but even like Paul Stanley is like, you know, he's like, we we didn't even know what the hell we were doing with that movie, you know. And they dub. They, they don't even use their voices. They dub in like other voices for them. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, that's a that's a movie that we should do with um, Scott the Clown. Because oh, that movie, yeah. when's the last time you even saw that movie? Like, I, that have, thing, I haven't seen that it thing in quite a few days. Very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, what I did see, and you can get this on, I think, Amazon Prime, it's, it's Scooby-Doo meets Kiss. Oh, yeah, okay? I, I it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. It's, it's fucking see, great, yeah. though. I mean, they just, like, there's a scene when, it, it's kind of like Phantom of the Park, too, because yeah. there's, like, an amusement park and everything. But uh, there's, there's a scene when, like, they Kiss, like, kind of reveals who they are. And they're on like a there's like a witch that's trying to get everybody, and they're like on this like spaceship, and then they're like playing "I Was Made for Loving You," and it's just <laughs> fucking great. Like, he just, like he just grabs his bass and he's like, ah, like that. Dude, did you ever have getting a I didn't meet Kiss? Was there something with that? For some reason, I keep thinking they were our kids. Or kiss on Gilligan? I don't think I so. Look, I don't think, but that, wouldn't kiss, that be great? That would be great. <laughs> you know, G- Gene would have banged Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and Marianne. Probably both at the same time. Oh, that would have been some scenes. He'd have been a bag oh, fucking with Marianne yeah, and Ginger. Yeah. Ace would have gotten drunk with the skipper. <laughs> no, with, um, with uh, Howard. With who? With Thurston. Oh, Thurston Howell? The third. He would have been fucked up with him. Be... Him and his wife. Were always, if you ever they always seem kind of drunk, right? They were always drinking Howell. martinis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 martinis. hey, lovely. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Oh, man. They were fucked yeah, up, man. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, getting back to the album cover for a second. The first version of it was rejected because it was considered, like, too violent looking. But they, they ended up using, like, portions of it on the back cover with like the the burned out buildings and stuff like that cartoonish looking it was like Um, a very apocalypto kind of fucking yeah now when I bought this album as a kid uh, it it got me into the Kiss Army because it had a a cool Kiss Army advertisement oh yeah and I just signed up for it used to get like a patch and shit (laughs) yeah the good old days yeah so I got, man. I mean, um, I, I think it's. I think it's become a. a but you want to talk a, about some of the song? How it starts? It yeah. starts with the great Detroit, Detroit Rock City. City. Like yeah. once you open up with that, I mean, you're like, holy shit! The this other is night, a the other, the other night, I, I took my Camaro out yeah. and I actually was playing that as I was pulling out. Yeah, and I had, like the whole thing with the guy he's revving the car. Yeah, and I was like, this is fucking great. Do you ever seen um the movie Detroit Rock City? Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. That was fantastic. I love that. It was fantastic. I love that movie. And and Gene said that he based that movie on Rock and Roll High School. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I can like, see it, that. It's kind of like was, a similar plot. That was really good. You know. Um, the kid has to get tickets and all that stuff, and I love that movie. You know, I never knew the king, the thing, the king of the nighttime world. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. Also, I love this. That's my. That might be my favorite song on the album. God of Very Thunder close. is also God of Thunder is amazing. He still does that live. That's when he spits the blood yeah. and everything. You know, and actually, when I saw them last year, they, they always do this. Is, is he'll get like lifted up doing that song so yeah. at one point he's like on top of the arena you know oh it's awesome fucking battling yeah. you know <laughs> singing that shit um the other one Great Expectations uh, your song Great Expectations I love that song so here's another song Flaming Youth is that where the band got the name from Flaming Youth or the were around before this what band Flaming Youth there's a band called Flaming Youth uh yeah 
I'm sure they got it from the They're kids. Song. Yeah, yeah. Then what do you think about the song "Sweet Pain"? "Sweet Pain" is great. It's, it's a different song, really, than everything on the yeah, album. Like, you know, it's got a good, it's got a good groove to it. You know, it's like. You know, if I didn't know, if I didn't know, I would not think that was Kiss. Yeah, because it's different than the rest it's of the album. It's like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, Shout it out, Mike. Shout, yeah, you can't beat that that's song. That's a great song. And, you know, and, and then, that live, that's amazing, too. And then you got Beth. And then you got Do You Love Me. That's like the only song that I would suck it at all. No, I love the lyrics to that because it's, you, know, you, you really like my limousine. You like the way the wheels turn. Yeah. You like my seven-inch leather heels. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like the way he says it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, all right. And Rock and Roll Party ends this song, which well, I thought was all, great. That's all just like a little, little instrumental, instrumental thing. thing yeah, at the end. kind of like just it was weird at the end. That was good because yeah. it went out with that. Yeah. Like, you're like, holy shit, all yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Here we go. The you know, and, and there's a good sense of... Uh, the album being recorded live. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. almost like a live feel to it. It was like a live feel, because yeah. they just went from one song to another. And the album was only, like, 38 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, that's Which is like, holy well, shit, it made it for a great album. I mean, you know, look, rock and roll was not meant for, the, you know, real rock and roll. It was not yeah. supposed to be 20-minute fucking songs. No. You know? It was almost like a punk rock and roll album with nice well, length songs. Look, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of a lot of the punk bands in the seventies. Okay, a lot of the punk bands in the seventies were influenced by Kiss, whether they wanted to admit it or not. Yeah. Okay, I know the Misfits were. Yeah, definitely. Okay, you know, and, and you know, they, they kind of looked at Kiss as as the the group to, to the be pioneers, like. Yes. The group to be like. Now, you know. Uh, Gene Simmons is on record saying the two best bands ever signed out of New York City is the Ramones and Kiss. Of course, he would say Kiss, but, yeah. you know. But in a way, he's right. Yeah. You know, uh, definitely the two biggest rock bands definitely really ever made, made the most money. I would say Kiss made a lot of money. All right, you know? so thank I you. Did for wanna, that. Oh, before you got, we do that, you want I want to I I mention something. Uh, I want to bring up Joey Pinter again. Oh yeah, okay. We had a great show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna uh, review. We'll, right. Um, he, Joey, for those who don't know, uh, he was the guitar player in the Waldos. He was also in a punk rock band called The Knots in the late seventies. They used to play Max's Kansas City a lot. Uh, great guy. Uh, been in touch with him, and he's been very active musically. He did send me two songs, and you can get them on SoundCloud. Uh, the first being a song called My Guitar, and a song called Convert. Okay. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing hopefully soon uh, an interview with him. Should we play? Um, should we uh, play those songs maybe on one of the next shows we do? Like play the song just yeah. to see what people think and review yeah, I'll, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask Joe if he wants us to do that. Um, I'm hoping that we can get this interview with him in the next maybe month. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're working on some technical aspects of that. Yeah. Uh, but I got to tell you, my guitar and convert snotty vocals. Kind of like a Stones meets Johnny Thunder's guitar sound. Wow. Um, it, it's, 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 he calls it working class rock, and it, it absolutely fucking is wow. by every sense of the word. Uh, if you remember the Waldos, anybody watching out there, if you remember when Joey was in the band, they were fucking great. They're still good, but it's a different lineup. Uh, but I used to stand in front of him at the Continental, and it was like watching Keith Richards play. I thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, was really, he was that good, you know. But uh, I just want to give a shout-out to him and his wife, Angie, and uh, hopefully we'll get that interview soon, and uh, also hopefully he gets me some, some more songs. He's putting everything out on SoundCloud, a song called My Guitar and a song called Converse. So look it up. Look at it cost a dollar. Do it. Listen to it. Buy it. It's great. Um, here's another thing. Um, what did I want to tell you? Um, 
Shit. Oh, and remember, um, guys, uh, pretty soon the only way you can see us on uh, live and stuff is to yeah. subscribe on our YouTube channel, getting yes. lumped up. Uh, we this will is be not doing Facebook Live so much longer. We'll do one more show. So the last show that will be on Facebook Live is going to be the Tots, which is coming right after this. Yep, yep. And uh, pretty much after that, we're just going to be putting up and we'll put a link to our YouTube channel. Try to subscribe. Yep. Uh, another thing, did you use your Vigo this week to watch I, any TV I shows? I did. I used my Vigo. Um, for those who don't know, Vigo is this great app that's out there now. It's for streaming television. Uh, the way it works is you download the app, you pick the channel, there's different tiers and, and amounts of channels that you can get, yeah. there's over 80 channels I believe. Uh, these guys are just starting out, they're a great bunch of guys doing this app, and you can stream, and the idea is that you will be able to chat and send comments back and forth to friends that are also using the same app. Yeah, which is and great. you can put up memes, you can put up pictures, and, and, and I think they're working on something where... You, it's even more interactive, they said. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, working on more yeah. stuff. So, so definitely check Vidgo. Yeah. Vidgo, V-I-D-G-O. Yeah, people. And remember, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get locked up. up. Uh, I tried that. That was good. There's another place